Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. With the possible exception of the Calder Cup final currently going on or finishing up or however that works by the time you listen to this, I just have one thing to say. Thank God this season is finally over. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's all I have to say. Thanks. Patrick, and <laughs> do you have anything to say? Philip J. Castle, Philip J. Castle, <laughs> Philip J. Castle. <laughs> Uh, nope, not gonna work this time. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Is a three. One, three. two, three, three times Stanley Cup champion, Philip J. Kessel. There's my annoying announcer voice. Oh, that was supposed to be annoying? I can make yeah. it super annoying. I need to be no. prepared for these things so I can be in the right frame of mind to be annoyed. <laughs> huh. Right frame of mind to be annoyed. Okay, reading Canadian hockey writers on Twitter for 200, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Only 200? Oh, it's a big category, Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think all of the daily doubles will be in it as well. <laughs> we can be here for days, is what you're saying? Days. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. <sighs> is there anything better than watching Philip J. Castle throw shade back at Toronto? <laughs> he didn't even have to play in, in, the, in the final, right? Doesn't matter. He's on the cup. He played enough games in the regular season. His spot, his name, his engraved for a third time is guaranteed. And and Jack Eichel apparently confirmed that, yes, one, Philip J. Kessel did eat hot dogs out of the Stanley Cup this time around. <laughs> oh, God, to hell with to hell with to hell with finding another William Cat to to recast the role. Philip J. Castle is the greatest American hero. <laughs> However, I will say, um, to keep the American theme going, uh, that eh, somewhat interesting Canadian Ron Hainsey, he he, you know, um, he crawled so Jack Eichel could just smash through glass at 100 miles an hour in his first playoff appearance. And still get screwed out of the con Smythe. It's... <clears throat> I saw the votes, right? Mm-hmm. What the hell? I mean, just, just what the hell? If you, if you haven't seen them, please go look up Frank Saravoli's Twitter feed and his post on the PWHPA's Con Smythe um, ballots. Because he released them and he put names out there. Do I have to? 
Oh, Cassie, it is. Um, there were three people that left Eichel off completely. Hmm. And I, it was three or four first place votes. I think it was four. And those are the four smart people. I, I I get I get the you know I get the guy who was jilted at the you know jilted at prom by his date and then you know comes back at the at, you know the the next year at homecoming with the with the cheerleader whatever you know kind of redemption arc for Marcia so but really over a guy who's first time in his playoffs and he put up the record for points in a playoff season by a first timer. I mean, he was top, I think he's top four in the history of the, okay, sure guys. I, I, I yeah, you know, this is kind of like screwing over one Philip J. Kessel in his Stanley cup run when he should have won the cons that year. So I'm eyeballing the ballots, and my eyes may be deceiving me, but I'm only seeing two voters who left him off the ballot. I'm just double-checking. Oh, there may have only been two. Uh, The fact there was even, you know, this is one of those greater than zero is still idiocy. Yeah. (laughs) Now, here's my question. Elliot Friedman is smarter than the rest of them? Yes. He got it right. He's just copying Ryan Clark's paper. Just, <laughs> just, just so we're clear. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or Emily Kaplan's, whoever uh-huh. was closer. Do do uh-huh. we need to check the seating the seating assignments in yes. this row? Yes, we need the okay. seating chart. Yes. I was okay with Marcia so winning. I am not okay with the gap in points between the two players. I thought it would have been much, much closer, no. especially in first place in first place votes. No, everybody went with the with the underdog who got dumped by his team. The original, the original six misfit angle, and the guy who I'm not, I'm not discounting what he did. Yeah, but was it really better than Eichel throughout the entire playoffs? Because the last time I looked, Con Smythe was for the entirety of the playoffs. I think everyone's forgetting the first round. No, they all just vote for the last round. They don't, they all vote Uh, for the final. They don't really usually, because if they voted for the entirety of playoffs for two months, then you would have more players who weren't in the final getting the con smite than there are. No, I I disagree with you there, Cassie. I, I think it's a, I think it's a filtration system. You, you, you see players that are sort of edging out other players and the conversations start. This guy's had a fantastic two rounds. This person's had a fantastic three rounds. And then when they get to the final, that's where it makes or breaks their case. Well, I mean, I mean it's, so this is the same argument as, uh, 
you know, league MVP, right, per regular season, this is the same argument is do the players, do, do, does it need to be a player who is on a team going into playoffs or not? Well, I who think... Is, who is most valuable to their team. And in this case, it's, is it for playoffs for Con Smyth, is it the player who may help their team get to the final or is it still the player who helped their team the most? Well, in both cases, the answer is still Jack Eichel. So what's your point? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, except you know? for second place, Aiden Hill. Right, exactly. That, which he see. I was surprised to see him even second on any ballots, given he was average at best in the third round. Yeah. He was spectacular against Dallas, and he did what he had to in rounds one and two. Well, he, yeah. I mean, you know, let's let's go back to the let's go back to his origin story. He is the fourth on the depth chart of Vegas goaltenders fourth Mm -hmm. just barely above Jonathan quick. If that tells anybody anything fourth now, granted Robin Lehner was done for the season before Mm -hmm. the season even started. And I hope he gets to come back and play, but he was, uh, you know, either the, either the sharks are really bad at assessing or they felt they had better depth or they didn't i don't know yes yes all yeah videos. you know i'm answering my own <laughs> question as i'm continuing continuing yeah. the thought in my head the answer is yes to all of them and then arizona you know what the hell is arizona didn't care it's <sighs> easier to be an ahl goalie than a coyotes goalie most nights Oh, this is so very, very true. Mm, defense. Defense matters. Like my friend, Andy Dufresne. Um, <laughs> I just... I, he... I don't know. Marcia So was, was really good. Yeah. I, the, would have I don't think this is a... You would put Marcia So third... Second or third. Okay. And it would have been a fl- honest to goodness. It would have been a flip flop between him and Aiden Hill because Aiden Hill to me reminded me of Grant Fuhr. You know, there were games that he didn't look like he had it, but he was he was going to continue to battle and make sure that it didn't get worse, or tried mm-hmm. to make sure that it didn't get worse to give his team a chance to take it the other way. And losing in an OT game on a screenshot is what it is. Exactly. When you get to overtime, all bets are off. You know, it's a funny hop. It's a crazy bounce. It's, you know. You've been playing for the last, you know, five hours. Exhaustion, (laughs) physical and mental. Right. You know, bad ice conditions and all all of that. And that's why Matthew Kachuk does so well. Because mental. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Well, puck follows luck and luck follows puck, right? Yeah. You know, there is that there is that going to the places where you know things are going to happen and then you know, kind of taking advantage when something does happen. That's his lot in life. But uh 
having just watched the next episode of the Quest for the Cup series, they uh <laughs> Radko Gudis has got a little bit of an attitude problem. <laughs> you think? <laughs> He hasn't ha- always had that or anything, has he? Huh? Let me think. Um, not, Norfolk uh, Admiral, Syracuse Crunch. Hmm. Anyways, go on. Not <laughs> just towards the uh, opposition, Cassie. That's oh, what I, I was expecting you to say. Oh, I know. <laughs> he, they, I, this is another one of those I'm kind of surprised they left it in segments. Um, he was taking a run at the ref. Um, and not not swearing or cursing or anything, but basically demeaning him mm-hmm. by asking him how he got here. What did they do? Just pull your name out of a hat, you know, um, that kind of stuff. Just really laying into him. And the ref's like, "Yep, sure. Um, you know, hey, I'm here too. You know, I earned my way here." <laughs> the ref was just sort of like, "Uh huh, whatever," you know. And, and Radko just kept digging into him on it. And I'm like, you know that's going to come back and bite you, right? There isn't mm-hmm. any amount of quote-unquote sign sticks or photos for nephews that's going to save you from that. Radko's not the brightest bulb in the chandelier, okay? <laughs> what you're telling me is... Michael Bunting would be wise to let Gudis sign a contract with the team first and then go to said team for his own benefit. <laughs> Got it. And, and since we're on this subject, because everything, and I literally mean everything is about Toronto. Wait, he, he no longer plays for Toronto. How is this about Toronto? Because it, it's always about Toronto. It's always about Toronto. <laughs> I know. Come on, Pat, how long have you been doing this? <laughs> Are you all sort of enjoying the 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 descent to what seemed like the unreachable level of hell for Toronto fandom? No, you know why? Why? It's going to get worse. Let me paint a picture. Oh, boy. Let me get comfortable. (laughs) Once upon a time, Mike Babcock tried to be the savior of the Toronto Maple Now, you got to, you got can you do a Peter Falk impression so it could kind of be like Princess Bride? Oh. (laughs) Are you going to let me tell the story? No, I I can't do it. Okay, okay. Uh, Okay, fine, fine. I don't have his his hat that he sits on for a sandwich's bed. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Get the laying it. Tell the story. Once upon a time, kid. (laughs) Mike Babcock had the the savior complex. Now he's going to Columbus in a couple days. Yeehaw. There is a a former NHL coach, a former um, Jack Adams Award winner, who just recently left his current gig. who might be a beautiful mid-season replacement should things uh, go a little rocky for Toronto. Oh, dear God. May I present to you Patrick Waugh, head coach of the Toronto (laughs) Maple Leafs by January. Okay. I was hoping that for for New York. Is that a match made in heaven for his return? Now, now. Heaven is a word for it. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Well, for everyone living outside the greater Toronto area. So if, true, if true. Uh, oh, yeah, this is true. So Toronto is the upside down, right? Where heaven becomes hell. Um, now, now, Pat, my friend, my dear, dear friend, please draw me a line of, of con- connectivity between Brad Trey Living and Patrick Waugh. Did they work together in some capacity? Because you know that's how it works. You mean like with, with uh, Calgary and Aginla and uh, uh, what's-his-face both playing in Kamloops and Junior? McCrimmon. No, not McCrimmon. Oh, um, uh, Conroy. Huska. Oh, yeah, 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 Jay Huska, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. go on. So I hear Pat furiously typing. So <laughs> while he is doing that, I will continue to sort of forge forward with this with this thread um you're not wrong there there is no overlap unless now that's that's not a guarantee especially for a mid-season replacement it only you know because oftentimes you kind of have to pick from what's out there um but to to that end he would not be long lived because if there's no connection and there's no improvement, then there's no retention. So going forward. Patrick Law will save the New York Rangers. He has to wait three years. Yeah. Mm. I think he said he wasn't interested in coaching. Probably not, but I'm no, just I, rooting I for an, the chaos. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, I read an article, maybe it was just a headline of an article, saying something about how he, he wants to come back to the NHL and coach Patrick Waugh. Oh. But was said article in French? I don't recall. Does Cassie... Because I do read the French ones. <laughs> okay, that's why I was gonna, that was going to be my next question, Cassie. <laughs> How fluent is your French, or do you trust Google Translate? Uh, a little bit of both. I I haven't, I've never spoke French flu- fluently, but I did take seven years of it in school. So seven years, well worth it, apparently. <laughs> so I, I took four years in elementary school and three years in high school. So uh, uh, further proof of the American American education system. Um, <clears throat> so I. I as, as I'm still just grasping at straws, trying to find one Quebec rampart that Tree Living may have drafted, here's a fun bit of trivia. July 27, 2015, the Flames acquire a second-round pick. They traded two third-round picks. One of the said picks that went to Arizona was Aiden Hill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know the the jilted lover Marcia Sovote, I think, gets trumped a little bit by the circuitous long and winding road vote that Aiden Hill should have garnered. But if you're going turmoil persistence Masterson Masterton Trophy type award. It's got to be Eichel. I'm sorry. Dude stuck up for his own rights to have the medical treatment that he wanted. And the team didn't want any, 
anything to do with it. He fought and fought and fought, got traded. They had a miserable season, first season with him because they were they were wrought with other injuries, came back and tore the league a new one. And he led the way. How is that literally not Smith MVP? I just, because um, Professional Hockey Writers Association, that's why. <clears throat> so it was an NHL.com article from Dave Stubbs saying that Patrick Waugh would love to return to coaching in the NHL. Okay. I uh, Well, uh, it's, it's um, Dave Stubbs. You so, can, yeah. yeah, and you can wipe some uh, something with NHL.com articles. Uh, I know, yeah, I know, but, but I'm just saying that's... It, uh, it's Dave Stubbs. Phone interview. With Mark, eh, it's so still it's still go. Dave Stubb. Dave doesn't go there unless he's got it. So, anywho, <clears throat> chaos the most the most chaos inducing place Patrick Waugh could coach. The Ottawa Senators. Yeah, let's. Uh, what, what about the ownership thing that just happened oh, there? Dear God. Was that what I thought that was that happened there? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Okay, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. They took the, what appears to be the lowest offer. They took what appears to be the lowest offer. They took the bid from the person they knew, knew best and gave them every opportunity to fumble. This is where I have to ask the question, and I genuinely do not know. What and I think it's I think it's a it's a it's a coordinated effort between the league and the 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 Melnick family. But who was driving that process more? If it was if it was oh the league. Well, I think one hundred percent the league because this was. Give give them someone Gary trusts. Right, because I don't think the Melnick family would have cared one way or another. They just would have wanted it a done deal. A done deal, and they got to retain their 10%, so they'll get to cash out again. Right. Because if they cared, they wouldn't be wanting. They wouldn't want to sell the team, right? Um, no, I don't. I think they wanted to sell the team because, oh boy, I don't want to. I don't want to do this because it's almost like dancing on someone's grave. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I think Eugene had the finances of that entire thing so screwed up. Not just the team, but a lot of his other businesses um, mm-hmm. from. Some of the things I'd been reading over the years, it sounded like he was leveraged to the hilt. And I believe that. I but but his books look so good uh, when they were opened up for this process, Patrick. I'm shocked to hear it. Creative accounting? Get out of here. Um I Well, given that the estate is going to virtually be out of debt now. And I think that's what it, 
I think that was it, right? Was to basically just <sighs> recoup everything that had been leveraged from from his other right. businesses and just sort of right. and get we, free and clear. In which case, again, would they have really cared about the sale so long as they got the amount of money they wanted? They just want the money to like get out of debt. Which probably yeah, which makes me believe, you know, to your point earlier, Cassie and Pat, it make me believe a little bit more that the league was driving this. But the Melnicks may have been fighting mm -hmm. back, saying, "We want these higher offers." Because because if the if the reports are correct and Anlauer just kind of came in, I'm just gonna you know I'm just gonna bid enough to stay involved, and I'm not gonna sit there and do these crazy bids. That kind of sounds like that's what happened, right? Is the Melnick family was like, we want maximum profit. We want, you know, one of these other two bids or one of these other three bids. And the league's going, mm, are they really good partners for us, though? And the board of governors really aren't too fond because, you know, as free as they are to negotiate a sale, it still has to be approved by the board of governors who have the last say, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it was that sort of, that's probably where when we, when I was asking earlier, you know, about why, you know, why were the reports of a lot of mudslinging and bad pr or, you know, ill will and all that coming around, that kind of sounds like where it may have been is the board of governors were like pushing back because Andlauer is quote unquote, one of them. Right, he was part owner of a of a franchise for a long time, so they kind of know Still him. Still is actually, he can't be mm -hmm. well until the sale. He has to divest before the sale can be completed. Divest or basically put his share in a trust until it can be yeah. sold. So as to basically give up all con any control that he may or but honestly does not have with being a minority owner, so. Uh... Yeah, because I, I saw the sale, I saw the name, and I'm like, wait, 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 why did they sell to that guy? <laughs> wait. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I just... God, this damn league. <laughs> I know, right? Just and it's not like the PHWA is making things um, any more interesting. Asking the league, asking people who know why this guy, why this guy. I mean, talking about the same writers' association that gave the fourth period a con Smythe vote. I'm just realizing. <laughs> The fourth period. I'm not even going to say uh, certain individual's name because um, reasons. Reasons. Mm -hmm. I didn't. You know, I walked right by that on the list. I I just had it up in front of me for a few minutes, and I just it just started to call out to me. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, hmm. 
Well, I mean, you know, if they'll credential me, they'll credential anybody, right? <laughs> She's got a point, Pat. <laughs> you can't you can't argue with that logic. No. <laughs> Absolutely I mean, I, right, Cassie. I, I did I did end up with, with press credentials to the NHL All-Star game of all places, and they only hand like four hundred of those out. So to everybody around the world. So I'm kind of like scratching my head, even still over 10 years later going, wait, how did that work exactly? <laughs> um, yeah. I don't want details. It's fine. I'll, I'm, I'm good with the uh, mystery. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm, uh, we'll stay there. <laughs> we'll just hang out right there. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something about some other final that's going on right now. Hmm. Yeah, Calder Cup, the last, the last of the hockey. Hmm. Last of the men's professional hockey. Clearly, there was an issue with chocolate. When it wasn't around, Coachella Valley was, dare I say, flying high. Chocolate allergy. When the chocolate was all mm-hmm. around them, they struggled. Or they lost two overtime games. I think they just lost two OD games. Which, again, get into overtime, all bets are off, kids. Yep. And it's not like Hershey Bears were, you know, they're always a good team. In my opinion, they have one of the better AHL coaches who should have gotten a second chance in the NHL a long time ago, and Todd Nelson. He may not want to. He may be happy in the A. There are people who are actually satisfied with working at a lower level than what their experience may like suggest. You know, that might be... I wonder if that's true for Dan Bilesma. I don't think so. No, I, think I don't think so, but I think he might be better suited. I don't disagree. Hmm. Yeah, and that's where you get into the sticky part, right? It's like they want to move up, but they're better suited for the lower level. <laughs> well, you move them up, but not in the head roll. You know? Yeah, but eventually they get there anyway, so... Well, they'll get there with someone else's team. <laughs> Maybe. And I think we're kind of glossing over the, the... the big winner here. What Jessica Campbell? Yep. Assistant coach, the Coachella Valley Firebirds. On the bench and not like... Some obscure, like, skating coach yeah. kind of role. Um, North American player development video coach. <laughs> right. No, no, on the bench. I think she's running the forwards. She's also doing the power play. Fancy that. Fancy that. Almost like women can actually, you know, have real jobs in the NHL or professional hockey, excuse me, men's hockey. (laughs) 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 God, 
Oh, I'm not nearly as feisty as I could be about that. No, it's okay. Really? <laughs> I know, I know. right? <laughs> uh, I know. Isn't it awesome? <sighs> uh, it's awesome. <laughs> don't get me started on the men. <laughs> uh, I don't think you need to. I think we're all there. I pretty much think we is all there. You know, one of the surprising things last week, um, I felt like I was in a bubble. So I was traveling out of town for work. I happened to flip on, so the night of uh, game five, where Vegas won, happened to flip on the TV after team dinner what have you, lo and behold, I noticed I had the NHL network. <laughs> I thought I, I was transported out of time, like 10 years in the future. It was um, interesting. I forgot how they could do some things so simple yet so well, like having stage on the ice with the players and interview them as they're hanging out with their family. Bring their significant others up and talk with them. It was quite lovely to see. And also I got to see one of the Bears, I believe it was the Game 4 win. Unfortunately. No, not unfortunately. You got to watch hockey. It's never an unfortunate day to watch hockey. Yeah, but not it. It wasn't one of the overtime games, so I didn't get to see much of anything. If I'm being honest. Oh, you wanted bonus hockey because you know, I wanted bonus hockey. I was dealing with Mountain Time, so. Enjoy the time zone uh, favorability while you can. I did. It was lovely. I miss it already. Well, if you spent time in the Colorado uh, area, you know there's plenty of land to be had, so feel free. One day. My sinuses would kill me. Too dry. See, I was the opposite of way. My head just, it was just like everything was, I felt free. <laughs> they're already congested thanks to 100% humidity mm. back out here on the <laughs> East Coast. Well, see, I, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. So that is wet, uh, not west. Uh, <laughs> and so my sinuses are, are, you know, grew up in 100% humidity for eight months out of the year. <laughs> sure, sure. Hey, the Pacific Northwest, home of a new WHL franchise. Uh, yes, Look at yes. that segue. Look at that. Mm. That's, that is the... Mm. Would, you like to, would you like to try the name? Wenatchee Wild? Pat? God damn it. I wanted to see if I, you could say Wenatchee no, Wild. <laughs> how long have we been doing this show, Cassie? <laughs> I had Wenatchee. All right. All right. I, I, I was scrambling for the team name, however. I knew the city. Mm. Or, excuse me, town. I, I don't know the municipality that well, but I can point to it on a map. Well, you're, you're ahead of, like... 95% of the population, you know, hockey population. <laughs> and the WHL bus drivers, I'm sure. 
Oh God, I don't envy, I do not envy the Everett Silvertips bus driver going over Stevens Pass in the winter. That's gonna suck, but there you go. Are they too sad though? Would they go over Stevens? Dude, it's blue it the other way. I don't I wouldn't do blue it either. Yeah, but I'm wondering <laughs> if they might go the circuitous route in 90 and then up. And hey, welcome, welcome to Travel Talk, Pacific Northwest Travel Talk with Pat and Cassie. <laughs> Patrick and Cassie. Yeah. So when I was a kid, my dad, he liked doing road trips and just any reason to go on a road trip, he would take a road trip. And so we would go to Wenatchee for the Apple Blossom Parade the first weekend of May. And, uh, and so we would, if North Cascades was open, we'd do the full loop. Um, but <clears throat> so we'd always come through Cleelum and Blewett Pass and, and yeah, that's, that's a crazy road. I've only been on Steve over Stevens Pass a couple of times, but that's also a crazy road. I mean, 90 up 97. Along the Columbia? Kind of. It's more along the foothills. Mm. I mean, yes, it's obviously a more direct route to go highway to Steve. I used to take Stevens all the time, but not in you weren't trying to bus. Not in February <laughs> in a in a hockey bus. No. <laughs> or would they just go into Pangbourne, the airport? Would they fly? I don't know. I don't know how they travel. They usually bus it, or they used to usually bus it. I don't know if they still do. They'll like bus it to, to Spokane and Tri Cities. And yeah, that's true. Portland and stuff, but um, I mean, I mean, obviously the Thunderbirds are not going to go over Stevens Pass, but it would it'd be Everett. It would be the the Vancouver whatever Giant. What? What's Vancouver Giants. team? There's Chilliwack. The no, Giants. There's not Chilliwack. Abbotsford. No, they're they're still the Vancouver Giants. Okay, and then there's Abbotsford. Yeah, right? and the Victoria Royals. Yeah. I mean, they they're play. all young athletes. They can handle some of the ski lifts around uh, <laughs> Stevens Pass, right? Get out and push. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the fun, fun fact, if you've not lived around mountains like that, is that periodically in the winter, they will shut down the passes to do avalanche control. Washington State Department of Transportation has some howitzers and I think a, um, an Abrams yep. tank that they use yep. for that. <laughs> it's the funniest damn thing, too. <laughs> And uh, and so they'll close the passes and, and do avalanche control. That is, they'll they'll do the uh, um, intentional create intentionally an avalanche so that then they can clear it without cars being on the road, yep. right? Um, so that that's also a consideration uh, is when the passes will be. I've, uh, I've 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 watched that tank being moved into position, and it is hysterical. <laughs> Have you? I've watched other tanks being moved in positions, but not that one. Um. <laughs> what? Wow, howdy, did we ever fall off the... <laughs> <laughs> God. 
That's what we do. <laughs> I know. And maybe we need to keep it that way because I was posed an interesting question by an 11-year-old or soon-to-be earlier today asking, hey, Dad, can I listen to your podcast? <laughs> and I what stopped dead in my tracks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to force him to learn Washington State geography. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't forget if you're going to maybe, listen to it. Don't forget to have Google Maps maybe open. Maybe <laughs> that that might be my end to moving yeah. west one day. Mm-hmm. Convince the kids to live out there one day, and then the wife and I can say, "Well, if they live out there, see, people can mm-hmm. live out west and function." I didn't say normally; I just said function. <laughs> People can do that and be normal still. No, no, no. Still. I didn't we'll say normal, Cassie. <laughs> I never, no, I did uh, not put the qualifier at the end of that statement. No, no, we, normal, normal is, no. We very, are very, very subjective is what normal is. Yes. And no. proud of it. Spoken, or, uh, Portland is. Portland's very, very proud of it. Uh, to a fault. But, yeah, he, he's going into middle school. He's already bored with summer, and his break has been less than a week. And I was going to say, yeah, uh, I was a kid. I used to listen to sports radio back when it was um, not bearable, not even tolerable. It was background noise. Socially acceptable? No. <laughs> no, I don't even. I never think it was socially acceptable. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but it was um, insightful from time to time. Usually with the midday hosts, I was like, right? Yeah, the drive time hosts were there to keep you entertained and on your toes and give you the traffic on the tens. Every mm-hmm. once in a while, a morning host would have an interesting gimmicks. But yeah, I would say afternoons were. The sweet spot. So, yes, he has heard 32 tots, um, the SD something, 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 something. I don't know. He's heard those on occasion, but he asks if he can listen to our podcast first. Huh. (sighs) You have corrupted him. I don't know if that's corruption, Cassie. (laughs) I I haven't said yes or no. I told him, wait, can I find your podcast on this? I was like, yes, you can. And then I saw there were ratings. Once again, still shocked by that. Mm -hmm. Did I look at what those ratings were? Absolutely not. I don't do that. Everybody that listens, we love you, but never read the comments. Thank you for the feedback. First, first rule of the internet is never. No, read first rule of the internet is don't feed the trolls. Second rule of the internet is don't read the comments. Uh, and that's how you end up with mascots, ladies and gentlemen. Say no to mascots. Why? They're, They're for kids. I still find I found them creepy as a kid. <laughs> I found you creepy as a kid. Shut creepy. up. They're for kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what wasn't creepy to mm-hmm. some 
when you hand an NHL player after they just won the mic on a stage, sometimes it's just like nature is finding a way. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Away. <laughs> uh, oh boy. We all know what's going to happen to one degree or another. During the parade day, yes. And that's where it should stop. We had fun following around the Washington Capitals that one year. That shouldn't happen. I don't think that ever will happen again, and that's disappointing. It is disappointing, but I think we would be disappointed based on what we saw. I think also true. the Capitals winning was a beautiful moment in time that could not be replicated. That was an entire organization's frustrations, joys, everything being poured out. And in some cases, quite literally poured out. In an in an ebullient way. I uh, I want to give mad props to who apparently was the one of the communications department employees of the Vegas Golden Knights for trying her damnedest to remove William Carlson from a microphone. <laughs> and was just had the look on her face like give me that thing give it to me give it to me like fighting with a toddler which is to the point where she had to get someone to carry mr carlson off stage i presume there's that old there's that old (laughs) adage of of um You know, uh, um, why do you drink? Oh, because it, it highlights my personality. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's personality. Then, uh, sh- oh, you're really good at swearing, but. Sh- and then I go, yeah, that's a hockey player. All right. Mm-hmm. And this is what I. What happens when a hockey player takes the uh, red pill <laughs> instead of the blue pill every day of the regular and postseason? Oh, I mean, and and <laughs> on the on the flip side, then you have you have Shane Wright who is not giving any oh, interviews at all. God damn it, Cassie! God, uh, just. Why do you, why, why? I was having a perfectly. See earlier, Patrick, (laughs) earlier you were very wise to go the assistant coach route because I did not and would not put Jessica Campbell and and try and make that transition. Uh, I, I respect her way too much. I was having a wonderful Father's Day, Cassie. You know. You don't understand. It's genetic. I I have to do things like this. (laughs) This is why why I went for ice cream right before the show. (laughs) 
or that was just coincidence. I'm not sure. Mm. Ugh. God damn it. <laughs> I Okay, has he been lights out? No. Has he got like dozen points or something in the playoffs? I don't even think he's... Okay. Uh, nine. Nine points in 22 mm. games. The rookie leader, teammate Riker Evans, who is, oh, let me look About here. two years older than he is. Born in 2001 yeah. means he is all of almost 22 yeah, like I said, years About two old. years older than him. Mm, exactly. Someone who's played professional hockey for more than um, a couple months. Yeah. But who looks like more of a teenager I know, than right? Shane Wright does, however. <laughs> but, you know, it happened. That was me at that age, too. And then hearing. Oh, dear God. Hearing people say they'd be okay with trading Shane Wright for a Pierre Luc Dubois or a Mark Shifley just makes me want to lose it. Why do people hate Shane Wright so much? They want to exile Seattle. I don't know. To Winnipeg. Why do people believe that Mark Scheifele or Pierre-Luc Dubois are going to be good here? I mean, I get get removing them from Winnipeg, but, and hear me out, what if they were the problem? Or a problem because living in Winnipeg. Cassie, is also a Cassie. <laughs> Winnipeg is an absolutely lovely metropolitan city with lovely people that live there. Is it a trying environment to live in? Yes. But people have coped and people have developed systems to make their lives easier up there. They have internet, they have wireless internet. They have an airport, kind of. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say they're not Edmonton, so they got oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, There's that's a good point. Well, you can so just leave that. So, that's so they got that. <laughs> you know, upon, upon death, I will receive full consciousness. So I got that going for me. Um, <clears throat> I, one Pierre-Luc Dubois, who has basically told everybody, don't bother. I'm not going to bother. Don't bother. Leave me alone. Let me go to Montreal and I'll be happy. And you know what's going to be so exciting? Completely defecates the bed. No, when Montreal says, we don't know. Thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotta hope. Why would they do it? What do they need them for? What did they do? What is the contract they just signed Cole Caulfield to? Just a shade under where um, the captain Nick Suzuki is. Yeah. So you're telling me they are going to give up assets and bring in a higher AAV contract for a um, older, talented? Is he? Though? Don't get me wrong, but. Um, I would say yes. 
This is not Montreal of the 1980s, 70s, 60s, 50s, where they kept trying to bring in every single like able-bodied like Quebecois player to play there. <laughs> they don't do that anymore, you really. Know, I, I, is he really that that much more talented? I think he is. He is more talented than he's been given credit um, for. I would say shown. Fair. And, I can't argue. And then I would go back to again. You know, one of the one of the better, really bad baseball movies, Major League, where the pitcher was ignoring mm. everything because he wanted out. Was doing everything he could to be traded, and then the kid retorts back with, "You're the free agent. What do you think the going rate is for an absent-minded guy who can't get anyone out? What do you think the going rate is for a?" petulant player that has made it known that he doesn't want to be anywhere not just made it known publicly in in words but also in actions on the ice what makes you think he's going to be any better i haven't i haven't seen right, his capacity like, yet i've seen glints this is the second team he's yeah. doing this to in a row the second team well to that i'll say um yeah, he and John Tortorella were oil and water. They just, they could be in the same space, but they did not coalesce. Right, but he, he was the one who was like, I want to play in Canada. Not, he wants to play somewhere else because he doesn't get along with his coach. Yeah. No, he wanted to play in Canada because he thought he'd be happier in Canada. And now yeah. that he's in Canada, he thinks he'll be happier in Montreal. And once well, he gets to Montreal, he'll do what everybody else does. It's like, you know what? I'll be happier in New York City. Oh my God! This. <laughs> Why would anyone be a happy in New York City? I mean, uh, let's just stop right Artemi there. Panarin is holding for you on line one, Pat. <laughs> Look, there are exceptions to rules. He doesn't owe the Winnipeg Jets outside of services rendered for his contract, and I think last season he put up a showing on a team that had some players and was massively overrated and yeah. The other thing to not discount, however, is hockey's uh, willfully blindness, willful blindness to the history of a player and how they seem to always want to believe in the best possible light, even though the player has their history has proven otherwise that um, it'll be different for them. But it enough about what's going to happen in Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. If I could do a better Julie Kavner, Here. I would give you the Marge Simpson. It's like, it won't be different for you. Past history determines future, his, future actions. Here. Here's the best thing that could happen. PLD cannot sign an eight-year contract anywhere. You know why? It's probably the best thing for him and for his future employer. What makes them think in any way, shape, or form that if he was traded to Montreal and they did max term him, he wouldn't just start coasting? He got what he wanted. He's where he wanted. He got the money. Oh, no. He'd be looking around after a couple of years going, 
I'm not happy because here. Because I'm... <laughs> I thought this would make me happy. Because I'm not the number one guy. This other kid is. Right. Right. It's like, I'm not getting enough ice time. I'm not getting... I'm not on the line I think I should be. The coach is talking to me meanly and not treating me like as well as I think I should be treated, et cetera, so on, blah, now, blah, blah. Uh, I, and I, and I think I can speak for the rest of us, are not saying that he needs to toe the line and be the, the bland hockey guy, but no. you kind of have to show us some results for me to take your demands seriously. Well, and you also have to be a respectful person mm. for people to treat you with respect. I... <laughs> you know, it's like you can be unhappy. You can be dissatisfied. No one's saying that you have to stay there or like it to be liked. What I'm saying is that, you know, you can like not be the bland hockey player, but also sit there and say, you know what? This isn't a good fit for me. You can be professional about it. And leave it at that. Yeah. It's like there's not it's not just being professional to the media, professional on the ice. It's being professional to like everybody when you're in a professional capacity. <laughs> and I'll be honest, my inclination is probably 99% of the time he is doing those things. He's been forthright with the Jets and telling them, look, this is the reality. I think he's put up and played. How am I going to phrase this? Obviously, he produced. Obviously, I th I would say he plays better defense than some of his other teammates who are in. Oh, uh, heaven forbid! Yes, yes. Precurious decisions. I, I think he is coming through. He's just going to exercise his right as a free agent. I think some of what he has said privately is coming back to bite him because, well, that's the way Canadian media works and how they are used. They're... To a certain degree, being at the draft last year, eh, you stepped in that well, one. That's kind of what I'm getting at is, you know, yeah. It, the way he handled Columbus was infinitely better than the way he's handled this. You know? Um, and that's saying something because he gave up in Columbus. I mean, there was, there was visual evidence that he was like, peace out. I'm done. I'm I'm, you know, I'm just here mm -hmm. so I won't get suspended type thing. But on his way out the door, he didn't go lobbing bombs and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, kept his reasons to himself by and large. You know, left everyone guessing and guessing and guessing. Um, but this one, it's sort of like, to your point, Pat, wow, howdy, dude. Um, show me you have no respect with just by showing up at the draft ready to go saying I'm here. I'm pretty sure they're going to trade me to you. So to that, I say more players should start going to the draft just 
to be oh, I there think it'd be hysterical out. if they all did it as a prank on the hockey writers. That'd be awesome. Because if it were if it were any other city but Montreal, because believe me, I've been to a few drafts. They're not as interesting as you think. Because they're not very interesting. Do I think it's it more about who you run into there? And let's be honest, half the people in that building wouldn't have been able to pick him out of the crowd. Oh, this is true. I mean, it's hard to pick a hockey player out of the crowd anyway, but yeah. <laughs> he, he, ha- he has to grow the mustache a little more like Philip Forsberg and then do something different so he doesn't get confused for Philip Forsberg. <laughs> <laughs> like, actually, mm-hmm. like actually play. But still, we're, we're, we're talking... Yeah, we're we're talking East Coast, so you know you wouldn't even be able to pick out Philip Forsberg. So what what you're saying to me is is uh, Trevor Zegras, Jack Hughes, and Cole Caulfield need to show up at a draft together, like they did at the Canadian Grand Prix. For kids yeah, because wouldn't that be hysterical? Something like because that. Because now you, you know, don't know why where not? is going to go. Is he going to Montreal? Is he going to New Jersey? <laughs> they aren't trading Caulfield, are they? Well, there's no way they're trading Hughes. So it's, it becomes a, Z, you know, where's Zegers going to go thing? <laughs> Such an awful thing. No, it's to do not. Media, but it's so hilarious. It is not, it is not <laughs> so an hilarious. awful thing to do. It is exactly what should be done to them. Because and this isn't this isn't gender because it it, it scan it's it they're hairdressers male or female doesn't matter it's the gossip central it's the barber shop it's the it's the salon right everyone goes in there and and gossips 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 I mean they're only doing what the players are doing the players oh, gossip I, worse than a hundred percent. Hockey is steel magnolias, <laughs> except for set in the northeast. Oh, man. Just a bunch of people that sometimes enjoy what they do and gossip and love every second of it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because it can be quite interesting and entertaining. Why, does Trevor Zegras need to sign a contract with a new GM or something? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe so. I don't know. And speaking of contracts, hmm. you know, the the one thing that's kind of, it, it, it was highlighted and in, and in various different forms, but I don't think anyone really understood the impact of... Oh, we're going to go there of, now? Of, of the guy who won the Stanley Cup, who should have been Smythe Trophy winner. Who may have had the highest AAV of any player in the cap and, era um, to win the Cup? In, 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 high, in high school parlance, um, would have likely been voted, you know, in the superlative sections, would have likely been voted player to win the cup last during the draft era he was in uh, or most likely to go bald first 
Because come on. Yeah, I know. No, but you got to look at you. Austin Matthews was, you know, Austin Matthews didn't even go for the Phil Collins starter kit. He just, he's, he's going full. Right. I mean, the, he, he, he's yeah, going that, full John Lovitz, that, I know. That dude, when he moved to Canada, his forehead went metric, and it scaled in size exponentially. <laughs> Something about needing the uh, sun to grow follow Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm staying out of this one. <laughs> no, no. Ro- robot's fine. Um, you know, all those, all those big deals and first 10 million dollar player to win his stanley cup and he did it his way and apropos in vegas if we're carrying through with the sinatra theme and that is a redemption arc i absolutely love 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 for one jack robert eichel this has been the 3v3 podcast follow us on twitter at 3v3 podcast We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.